You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hello and welcome to Acting Up, a podcast that dives deep into the world of TV and film that highlights our people, our culture, and our stories. I'm your host, Courtney Wills, Entertainment Director at the Creo, and this week we're sitting down with Nathalie Emanuel. I could not be more excited for today's conversation with one of my favorite characters from Game of Thrones. It's Nathalie Emanuel. You may know her better as Miss Sunday, right-hand woman to the mother of dragons, the Khaleesi, Daenerys, and lover of Grey Worm. They were really like the only two Black characters in Game of Thrones, really. And God, they made such an impact. I think that Miss Sunday was always one of my favorite characters from the moment she came onto the scene. And of course, oh, her death was so extremely painful to watch and had some pretty dire consequences for like, I don't know, the whole rest of Westeros. The actress who played her, Nathalie Emmanuel, is going to be gracing our big screens in the new film, The Invitation, set for release on August 26th. The contemporary thriller tells the story of a young woman invited to a lavish destination wedding in England, only to realize her presence at the wedding has sinister motivations. If that log line doesn't give you a hint, let me tell you, it's pretty scary. It is definitely a thriller. It's very out of the box, especially for a film that is helmed by a Black actress. And I don't know, I dug it. I I really loved seeing Nathalie take up all of this space. And I wanted to talk to her about what it was like to jump into a role like that. Of course, I'm also dying to know what she thinks about this new Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon, which is finally hitting HBO. And I think I've told you before, but this iteration has a lot more Black people from Jump. And I think that might have something to do with the impact that Nathalie's character on the Sunday had on the series, on the fans, on the community. And I actually am going to guess that there might be some lines drawn between her character in Game of Thrones and some of the people that we're going to meet in this new show that is set almost 200 years before Game of Thrones kicked off. Nathalie also opens up about what it's been like to navigate Hollywood as a Black actress and what it's been like to kind of move through these predominantly white spaces, where she's going and where she hopes to end up. Here we go. Oh, it's nice to see you. It's lovely to see you too. I am so excited to talk to you. You've actually been on my mind even before I started getting information about the invitation because, of course, I'm like gearing up for this Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon. And wow. then um, I also loved you in the last Netflix film that you were in. It was so lovely to see you in that. Army of Thieves. Oh, great. I'm so happy. That was such a fun one. I loved that movie and I loved you in it. I loved seeing you in this like starring role um it was so cool to see after becoming such a huge fan of yours on game of thrones oh thank you so much that means more than you could ever know i mean it's been such a incredible journey and crazy journey and i sometimes i'm like i i i'm so just there are no words i'm like you have to pinch myself sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and now you've got this leading role in this like very creepy film called The Invitation that I think people are just going to eat up. Tell me, how did you get involved? Why did you get involved? Why was this the right role for you right now? 
Well, I love um, trying my hand at different genres. You know, I think I've done a lot of the kind of action stuff. I've done a bit of sci-fi, done a bit of comedy and the fantasy and more dramatic roles, you know. And I think the sort of thriller horror stuff I haven't really done. And um, I was really excited to see this story because it was such an um, interesting way of retelling a story that has been told many, many times in many, many ways. And like just placing this very old, like kind of vampire mythology and landscape and then m merging it with this very modern context and very modern world and woman and um and then just also within the kind of context of that interrogating all these things that we still see so re which is so relevant in society about power and those who are kind of at the top and those who are you know aren't you know yes. <laughs> so how the exploitation is literal and the brutalization is literal in uh, literally like but in a sort of way we can have that conversation in a sort of removed way you know and that's the sort of fun of genre is that you get to kind of interrogate or ask these questions or present those ideas um in a way that people can digest in a you know for some reason that's possible with when it's like escapism you know yes you yes know, for a lot of people it's just reality but anyway yes I also think that this genre is a place where you know we get the kind of unusual experience of seeing um you know a leading lady take up this amount of space on the screen for the entirety of a project and especially when it comes to a black woman you know, stories that center on us usually have a lot to do with race. And they're usually kind of fit into this box of the stereotypical, she's a struggling single mother, or she's, yeah. you know, fighting against the man or something. But this genre allows, I think, um, an actor like yourself to just exist and just be and just go full throttle into this crazy world and take up a ton of space and that on its own is just really beautiful to see 100% and just generally like women and people of color um are are, are very much underrepresented in this genre and, the, and we you know have a female writer female director female DOP female lead so many female um uh, women in heads of department roles like this is a very female centered thriller and horror piece which is just you know in itself just by existing on its own is like revolutionary in a way as far as I'm concerned because there's so many um opportunities that have been lost I think you know with when you I always watch some movies sometimes I'm like I don't care about him what's her story <laughs> do you know what I mean yes um and so I don't know I just was really really excited to be a part of doing a project that really did center women and um and being a a black and and mixed race woman, like just being in the center of a story that you you wouldn't be usually even contemplated. Yeah, for, you know, and I just love that this was able to exist, and um, I'm inc I was incredibly proud of it. Uh, yeah, are you typically like a horror fan? Like, what has your relationship been to the genre up until now? I love horror films. I love thriller films. I think. Anything that makes you think and makes keeps you like 
on the edge of your seat and you're like, what's going to happen? And you're trying to, even just you're sitting there watching it, looking for all the clues and all the things that, what does that mean? Does that mean something, you know, and you're like just engaged and you're trying to like, you're on this journey with the people who you're, you're like vouching for the people who you're like cheering for. And, and um, I love um, the, the journey and the, the style of storytelling. And, um, and I think, uh, I mean, obviously it's hard sometimes because there's so much violence and blood and gore and things like that. But for me, the, the most um, kind of intriguing uh, aspects of thriller and horror is the like psychological element and the person who's in the situation, which is what we see a lot with Evie is, you know, being, she's being gaslit and constantly, and she's like completely questioning her own instincts. And she's like, wait, what's, is it me? You know, and she's kind of, until the penny drops and she realizes what's going on up to that point, like all her instincts went bang on and she was made, or she was, she was made to feel like she was crazy. And then it really wasn't, she really wasn't. And I think like that sort of psychological element is always my favorite to like it was really fun to play but also my favorite to watch as well what would you say is the most challenging aspect of carrying a film like this because I mean it is it's like so much you so much I would think just from a vanity standpoint you're like wow that's a lot of my face (laughs) and then I mean a lot beautiful face that it is for all of us you know I would just think uh, that's probably a little bit um intimidating and then you've got to pull off all of these you know emotions that you know are just not not typical in everyday life it's not like oh be sad about breaking up with your boyfriend it's like you might be fighting for your life or wondering if you're going crazy so how do you kind of tap into that and overcome that and what made you know that you were up to the task um well I don't know <laughs> I don't even I'm sometimes I'm like am I I don't know uh, let's give it a go no um I just uh I think like taking being taking on a project like this as, as a as a leading um actress is like that just that the responsibility is just different from anything else I've done you know, just the responsibility, really like doing the work. And I mean, I always, I'm very like committed to everything I do, but the sort of level of commitment is just like so much more and so much higher. And you don't have any time, like you are in every day, all day, you're sleep deprived. And it's like, there's no it's relentless like there's no and this movie especially like there was no breaks and other than like for reasons that were outside of the production like you know we shot this through covid and mm-hmm. you know i thankfully never got it but that i'd come into contact with someone that had so they had to isolate me just to make sure and then it turned out i was fine but still like that wasn't like a planned thing yeah it was just for like keeping people safe, you know, or keeping me safe and everyone safe. Um, but that was, I remember when that happened and sort of being like really conflicted because obviously somebody had got sick, but it gave me a second to breathe because it was just so, so full on. And, um, you know, your kind of prep and everything, you're just like, there's so much work that's gone into it. And um, and then your responsibility as a lead is, is to help set the tone of the set and, 
and you know collaborating with your crew and your other actors and you suddenly become in a way like in a leadership position mm-hmm. in a way you know and I think when you establish an, a tone and an energy like it it kind of radiates and you know Jess who directed the movie she's was equally responsible for that too but you know for sure but I think we were very much in sync about how we like like the energy of a set to be and I think that was just like a real blessing um and you know I guess when it the hardest thing about these these kinds of performances is because really a lot of this film especially once it all kicks off and um you know and even if a sort of sequence might not be very long in the movie we might have done that for three days in a row or Mm. shooting a whole fight thing for like a few days so often like it's just being in a state of trauma like and fear and terror is exhausting like just being like the crying and the desperate fighting and it's physically and mentally and emotionally draining and like there were days where I left left set and my head was throbbing and I was like my body hurt and I was like oh but I'd left it all out there like it was almost quite like cathartic as well like just to sort of scream and fight and be like you know just see what came out and um and that was whilst very difficult for all the reasons I just said it was also kind of fulfilling or like satisfying in a way like it Mm -hmm. was strange but I I it was a whole new experience um for me in in that respect and I think like while I haven't I'm very very lucky to have not experienced like with my own seen with my own eyes extreme violence or extreme brutality um you know there are things that you can find if you want to see that like you know and I definitely watched one video I was like this is enough for me I can't do that but it was like so the the sensation of like like caught my 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 breath catching in my chest or my stomach you know like the stomach being like that feeling of what almost like seasickness but like just it's so disorienting and horrible and desperately desperately just horrific and like and I was like just even to have that reference was like uh, like it was but you know and um horrible uh, no like awful awful things but it was just really just to help me kind of understand it like what that might look like but to be honest I it was literally I couldn't do it um like for very long and so but yeah and but also just like thinking of times where I've been super super terrified or really like fearful or just anxious and just like drawing on those things and just trying to like amplify them because I think when we're like upset or angry or scared we have the tendency to try and like like suppress it Mm -hmm. and so for me it was like if I can generate certain emotions and then like not do that and then I get to see where it goes and so that was kind of interesting to play around with yeah I um I know what you mean. I mean, like I'm a freak. Like when I'm actually very stressed out, I find my like I literally just rewatched the entirety of Game of Thrones a couple months ago when I was so stressed out about what was going on in Russia and here and like in the Ukraine. Like it, it there's something almost cathartic about experiencing. I mean, talk about like things that are gruesome. I the first time I watched Game of Thrones. I had to turn it off 
pause the episode multiple times because it was just so violent and so gory. And now that it's over and it's something that, you know, a project that is just so near and dear to my heart. Now there's something like freakishly comforting about the gore, especially when you know that it's coming. Um, But it's almost like a release. Like, you know, I'm not the creative in the scene, but in a way, you know, that brutality I kind of levels out the real life trauma that I think we're all sort of grappling with in one way or another. And I think as well, like so much of the brutality and violence that we see, often it's inflicted upon us. Like you can open your phone and like swipe and suddenly this awful thing is just thrown at you and you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And And I think there's something about having the, choice to go I'm going to watch this thing that I know is violent I'm in control I know what I'm sort of subjecting myself to it gives you a kind of ownership of the like the viewing of that of violence in a way like you're kind of it it takes away the sort of shock and the trauma because you're like I know it's coming I know it's going to be what it is and um, it doesn't feel inflicted upon you Yes. And it's like, you're not feeling like cut by it. And you're like, why am I bleeding? You know, it's like, it's, yes. it's just like, you're kind of, it's an acknowledgement of its existence, but in a way that you, you feel like in control of as opposed yes. to what Exactly. Like I've really had to, um, I had to, ma- I made a choice, like, especially, you know, um, in the summer of 2020, there was a point where I just went, okay, I have to, can't look at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll read about it. I'll read about the what happened. I want to know. I want to be informed of what happened. And I'll read various sources and see various things, like articles or whatever. But I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't yeah. Do it. You just have to turn it off sometimes and like unplug. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Natalie, I want to know a little bit about your kind of journey to Hollywood. Because Game of Thrones was the first time that you came on my radar But like, what was the entry point and the journey for you? I mean, for that to be the intro, at least here in the States, uh, a role like that, that I would imagine probably maybe wasn't intended to be as impactful as it was. And then you kind of took it on and made it your own. And I know for me, I mean, I was obsessed, like for sure, one of my favorite characters in the entire series, a series full of really powerful characters, really powerful performances, but something about you just being there and the way that you, you know, you just have this presence there. And also I think made this really remarkable phenomenon suddenly felt like it it included us and was for us too, was like so monumental. I mean, Game of Thrones, I work for the Griot, I usually only write about shows and only have time for shows that are really centered on our experience, our community. And Game of Thrones was one that just broke through because it was just so monumental. I mean, it really speaks to the power of inclusion, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Because, you know, like I'm sure as a journalist, as a writer and and like a a podcaster, it's like, well, you know, I can talk about lots of things. It doesn't just have to be about things that are for us. It can be about these, all these, there's so many great shows that I like and watch and enjoy, but like, I'm, you know, you're feeling limited around a certain 
like audience like a type of thing for a certain for a certain audience like that's really restrictive and I think like the fact that that helped bring more people into the show because of like just being more inclusive I think that just shows I think they did they had a they did a study or something that said how much um money Hollywood loses by not being inclusive and I can't remember what the figure was but it was a lot of money like a lot of money and you think like you know everyone like in Hollywood they just it's a it's a business at the end of the day and you're like it's just it's just all this untapped these untapped this untapped like kind of audience and demographics that are just being left out and it's just so it's it's going against your interests <laughs> like yeah. if, you know and there's like capitalist like world we live in and so you know i guess i i i really was i was so, i mean i was 20 three when I came into that role and I think I was still so just uneducated unaware of like I was just trying to survive like in this Mm -hmm. business I was like oh wait someone wants to give me a job okay great oh cool I'm there I'm there like just super grateful and then like and that job really did change my life and then it was only when I realized I mean I've been moving through white spaces my entire life as I'm sure you have too and and you know what that it means something and, um, and I knew that too, but I guess I maybe wasn't fully aware or fully educated that the sort of like the size of like that impact of me being there. I wasn't expe- anticipating it, expecting it. And um, yeah, and I was ch- chatting the other, t- other day um, uh, to the Black, uh, Black Girl Nerd podcast and we were talking about Black Twitter and Game of Thrones and like the, po- and the hashtags and you know um them thrones thrones y'all like that was a huge part of my viewing experience Mm -hmm. and that was like I used to literally watch the show and be sat there like scrolling through those clicking on those hashtags and scrolling through to see the the how you know the community was like enjoying and feeling and what their opinions were and the and the banter and the jokes like it was fully integrated into my viewing experience. Wow. Um, and, and so, you know, like, ima- just like imagine Game of Thrones without, without black people, sorry. Like, yeah. Without black fans, because it literally was like, people started to try, like they do everything, trying to like co-op the, like, Yeah. We're like, this is ours hashtag, <laughs> Trying to make new ones. And we were like, no, no, sorry. These are the, this is it. Like, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yes. And yes. Um, I fully, fully just, yeah, I fully, fully just, it really, I felt so held up and supported and, and um, it, I remember just feeling this, this shift of going, oh, okay, this is, this is like, I've got, I'm, I've got a job to do, like in, in a really significant way. And like, I maybe wasn't aware of before. Um, yes yes and that I, is another a real blessing though because I'm so glad that I could be that for people because you know it wasn't there for me it wasn't there you know so I'm like and it really sort of opened up a conversation when like Masande um was killed in the eighth season in one hand I was like oh I finally got killed because everyone gets killed like I was so like yeah of course but in the other hand I did know that this would be hugely impactful for people because of all the conversations, all the things that happened in the, in the past. And, and, uh, 
but I was not again in a way like I knew there would be like a reaction but then the size of the reaction was like even bigger than I could possibly have imagined people writing op-eds and talking about but it opened this conversation about shows like this these big shows these big financially backed shows and the value of inclusion and like why we need more of it like the problem was is that Miss Sunday was the only woman of color like she was the only one that had like a regular like long um long lasting role or like throughout mm -hmm. the show and so this is why like if there was like more, more characters of all kinds of people like you wouldn't just have one person like one person kind of flying flag for like a whole like various communities various people like it wasn't just like black people it wasn't just like mixed race people it was people who were just like I am a woman I'm a woman of color I feel othered I feel you know whatever like it all just came I think I think towards like that one character and also to um Jacob Anderson's character Grey Worm too but it was just you know we, it it was it really opened such a a great kind of conversation and I was that was I was so proud of that like you know we have all these like problems to overcome still and we still have a lot of work to do but the fact that I my character in that show could push the conversation on even just like the smallest amount I'm incredibly proud of that I am too and I'm so grateful for it and I think you know one thing was your presence but the other thing was that you know, in that genre too, like you said, those big budget kind of fantastical movies or shows, it's just reiterated time and time again that like, we don't have a place there. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't fit into the story. It's happening again with Lord of the Rings, which is being reimagined with a lot of Black characters now, or this new iteration, this prequel House of the Dragon. You know, some people are like, uh, you know, spoiler alert, some people don't know there are a lot of Black people in uh, this new show. And it's like, wait, what? Like, the Targaryens are white with blonde hair and blue eyes. Like, how could there ever be Black people? That doesn't make sense. And it's like, yo, there's dragons flying around the sky. Like, that makes sense. Like zombie, <laughs> like white walkers. And, yes. Yeah. Like, uh, but but somehow the concept of people of color being mixed in there is just way too far-fetched to accept. I mean, it's ridiculous, but in truth, it's what we've been fed and what we've accepted for so long. And then here comes your character of Masunday, and not only is she there, but she is so deeply important. I mean, Masunday and Grey Worm's love story, I think, is one of the most compelling love stories in the entire series. And I mean, they couldn't even have sex, and you were still like, "Wow, this is very hot." But I there's... mean, they could have sex. <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. Necessarily, you know, like penetration isn't everything. <laughs> by the way, there you like... go. <laughs> there you go. You know, but I mean, like, not an obvious. You'd think there were some some blocks there to being such yeah. a romantic, you know, love story. And then, Masunday is also. I mean, you talked about when that character dies, but talk about devastation easily i mean there's so many points of devastation on game of thrones but that episode remains just the one that i've got to still brace myself for and uh, it, it was because she was like truly good yes. like she, she 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 truly was like kind and just 
didn't deserve it. She was she was the most undeserving of that treatment, I think. And yes. you know, um, Anna, I think the the uh, that's the sort of brutality of that show, and that's the the unfairness of it is that. Yeah. It's usually the good and innocent that suffer from these powerful people playing the games, the Game of Thrones or the politicking. It harms the good, kind people who yes. are just trying to live their lives, you know. Yes. Like, and and I th- and I felt like she really kind of represented that, and she'd already overcome and survived so much. And it just felt so wrong and so unfair. And I think like that sensation, I was happy to feel that because it's something that I know and that's like, something that I see everywhere. And, yeah. um, and um, but I, you know, I would have much preferred her and uh, Grey Worm sailing off to North and having whatever medieval cocktail. <laughs> like I would have much preferred that um, outcome. But. Me too. And she was also just, you know, I think arguably like the most important person to the most important person on the show, you know, being Daenerys, the mother of dragons was gutted by her death. And I just thought the I impact of that the onset of a pretty uh, brutal and yeah, yes. very attack. Yeah, you kind like of when the Sunday said Drakara, she was like, sis, no. Yeah. <laughs> I meant her. That's not the entire city. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So I have to let you go. <laughs> yes. I have to let you go soon, but I have got to find out what you're thinking about House of the Dragon. I've seen it. Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. And yes, again, spoiler, there are black people, but also. Well, I did know that because, you know, I think in the acting circles, like we know who's booked what and doing things. And also my, um, so our wonderful hair designer on who, and hair and makeup designer on the, on the invitation, Nora Robertson, she, I think she um, had, well, she was sort of consulting a little bit on that. And I think I, I sort of heard some information about through the industry about the fact that there are black people on Game of Thrones and we were like yeah like celebrating it so yeah I think I mean like I'm only guessing here but I think there are going to be lines like of course I think people have wondered like where did Sunday come from like where are her parents like is there a land of black people somewhere and I think the lineage right I mean she spoke ancient Valerian she was like the one of the only yeah, ones she knew all the like ancient dialects and and yeah. I think we're going to see a line, like a correlation of like where her roots are or where she came from or where people like her came from in this new iteration. Have you given any thought to that? That would be make me so happy. That would be that would make me so happy. And when I um first was like got the part and I was researching um, Miss Sunday, um, I'd sort of learned, I hadn't quite got to her in the books yet because I was reading the books. But I hadn't quite got there. So I just did a little, you know, internet search and um what's so funny about it is that the people of north were like super peaceful they never kill anything so they're like vegans they're like vegans who don't kill anything that's what's made them that's what made them susceptible to slavers was because they just didn't fight they were very like can't like sort of calm peaceful people who didn't believe in harming anything and um and i was like that's so funny that then 
like maybe it was like a year or so later I was like full vegan and I have been ever since and wow. then I was like oh my sis my sister Masande basically I think she was the like she was the, the inspiration subconsciously <laughs> oh I love that I love that Nathalie what is next for you you've done the small screen you've done the big screen like you know like what is on the horizon next when it comes to you and your career well, I'm have a very busy, busy year coming up. Um, I'm um, about to go and do another comedy with uh, another season of Die Hard with um, Kevin Hart, and oh. you know we're gonna have some fun in Atlanta for a bit, and then, and then I'm going off to do this um, Megalopolis with um, the legend that is Francis Ford Coppola. So I'm very excited to work with that incredible cast and sort of. Yeah, just really, um, it's sort of, yeah, it's sort of, I'm just super blessed, but I'm really hoping in the future as well to get into producing and kind of having a bit more kind of creative control and um, hopefully, hopefully getting my own project screenlit, not necessarily even for me to star in, because I think part of my um, desire as an as a, um, actor who's, uh, you know a woman black mixed race person like I want to start using the kind of platform that I'm slowly building to like help bring other stories to the forefront because I think that is you know there's so much value in that and um so I'm I that's my 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 plan my big plan like my 10-year plan <laughs> something you know I want to get to that stage where I can go okay, I've got the financial backing so I can green light, green light this thing and uh, support this up and coming director or this, you know, that's sort of how I want to still move forward in this business. Oh, I love that. I cannot wait. You'll have to come back and talk to us all about it when you produce your first project. Um, and we can't wait to see what's next for you. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you so much. This was lovely. You take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Acting Up. Download the Grio app to listen to Acting Up and other great podcasts. See you soon. You are now listening to the Grio's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Don't forget, you can listen to the Grio's Writing Black Podcast hosted by me, Maisha Kai. This isn't your typical writing podcast. We interview any and everybody that has anything to do with writing, from comics to poets to authors to journalists to politicians and more. Remember, that's Writing Black every Sunday right here on the Griot's Black Podcast Network. Download the Griot's app to listen to Writing Black wherever you are.